This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Ryan Hawk with me. Ryan, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, Brent. Thanks for uh, having me on your show, man. Absolutely. Excited to be with you. You're coming from Dayton, Ohio. I'm coming from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, man, you had to have uh, – are you a Dayton uh, Flyers fan, your basketball? Very much so. We had season tickets uh, growing up. My dad would take my younger brother and me to UD Arena, uh, sit in the top six is what they called <laughs> our section. Uh, you could probably guess what top six means. That's yeah. the top six rows of the arena, but we absolutely – Loved it, and uh, so it's rough to see our guys this year uh, not get the opportunity to be a one seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament, and who knows what could happen from there, man. Yeah. That stinks, man. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's a lot, yeah. of, uh, a lot of stuff. We were talking a little beforehand, too, you know, with all this coronavirus stuff and seniors, uh, whether you're high school or college, and maybe it was that was going to be your year to get an opportunity to go play, or, uh, or it was uh, the time you're going to win a state title, so – Tough times for everybody. Says so we're sitting here, we're all on house arrest. It's uh, <laughs> tough times, but uh, you know, I think the people that are going to to rise to the top and adapt and change are going to be the ones that come ahead in this thing. So, uh, we'll give us uh, our listeners, if you will, Ryan, just a little lay of the land. Who Ryan Hawk is? What's made you the man you are today? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, um, Brett. I uh, grew up here in Dayton, Ohio, so home of the Wright brothers. Big fan of the Wright brothers, and yeah. uh, a lot of uh, people who have. Um, been inventors from around here uh, as well. Um, and uh, two brothers, I'm the middle of two, and a sports family, played all sports growing up. Eventually, I was, was, was fortunate enough to earn a scholarship to play college football, played quarterback, started my career at Miami University, finished my career at Ohio University, both in the Mid-American Conference, and then played briefly in the Arena Football League as a quarterback afterwards, and then uh, finished with that and, and transitioned into the world of professional self where I worked at LexisNexis, uh, worked my way up the chain from individual contributor to manager to director to vice president. Along the way, started a podcast, um, primarily because I, I got my MBA, uh, Brett, and, and thought about going back to school again. And instead of doing that, I decided to create my own form of a leadership PhD. And so I started my podcast called The Learning Leader Show about five years ago uh, when I had a director level role at LexisNexis. Um, great company. And uh, fortunately, because of that, though, it's, it's opened many doors and provided the, the opportunity for me to leave corporate America and do this full time now where I uh, record podcasts, speak on stages all over the world, consult with leadership teams, 
um, and run leadership circles, essentially uh, paid mastermind groups. And, and I've just built my first online learning academy as well, which uh, launched recently. So a lot of different things going on. It's pretty wild, but it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I never, ever would have envisioned this even five years ago. So it's pretty yeah. cool to see what's happened in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, what was that like when you when you went home? I know you have a, uh, a wife that also works. You have five kids upstairs. I've got four, so you got nine kids between the two of us here, and we're all uh, they're all upstairs learning. Uh, you know, they're in school right now, right? So yep. the new normal. But so, how do you go home and tell your wife, "Hey, honey, I'm going to uh, quit my job and I'm going to you know go on the road and start building this thing that has no guarantees and uh, no paycheck coming in every two weeks." She, um, so I'm, you know, I, I learned from the great Jim Collins, you know, author of good to great, that the most important question is who, who will be your friends, who will be your mentor, who will be your spouse. And I was fortunate to get that right. Uh, nobody has been as supportive of me than her. It was uh, Miranda pushing me to do this, uh, seeing probably more in me than I saw in myself and, and, uh, has, has been super supportive the entire time. Uh, given the fact of walking away, as as you could probably guess from a from a pretty large um, salary and comp compensation structure that they give to VPs at at big uh, Fortune 500 companies, and yeah. um, but uh, to have the opportunity to build something that really uh, lights me up, uh, and she sees the the fuel of the response from the people I'm I'm willing to help, whether it's from the podcast or as actual clients, mm -hmm. um, she's she's seen the way I respond to that and knows how important that is. So nobody has been as as supportive as Miranda and, and been the biggest cheerleader along the way and there for for everything that I need. So I just I'm very fortunate and very lucky. I know not everybody would have that that situation. Um, most might say, "Hey, just stick with that job. Um, keep bringing right. home the paychecks, so we can, you know, live a, a comfortable life." And and, and Miranda had said the opposite. Like, let's go do it. I know you yeah. can do it. Uh, long term, I think we'll be better off as a family if you do it. And uh, I hope hope she's right. I think she that's is. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's well, that support it's system's huge, man. I remember when uh, six years ago this month, actually, we were starting Visionary Wealth Advisors, and and my wife was eight months pregnant with our uh, fourth kid. You know, we just uh, built our new home and uh, this is six years ago, like I said, but uh, it was crazy because I remember she said, is, is now the right time? And I said, no, it's a terrible time. Right? <laughs> and I think for our listeners, I mean, that's, that's the most important thing, right? I think never the right you know, time. No, it's exactly right. It's never the right time. And I think you just, you got to make a calculated what made uh, you leave? Because where were you working and what made you leave to start your own thing? Yeah. So I was at a previous firm before. And so um, it, it just was one of those things that I wanted to do it differently. Right. I, I, I yeah. saw, I always tell people that the sandbox was like this big and I knew it could be, you know, this big and yeah. uh, I wanted to play in a different sandbox. And so, um, you know, very entrepreneurial started as a, as a young kid doing different things to kind of side hustles to make money as a child and, and just for fun because I was passionate about doing it. And so, uh, but I think when you find that thing, right, whatever that thing is, uh, you just got to go at it, man, and burn the ships, no plan Bs, and just make it happen. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, when you then took the leap to start your own, what was the first like six months like, or the first even 12 months like? Did it, did it take off, or were there some serious bumps in the road, or what was it like the first year? Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, same kind of thing, you know, you're, you're making good money at your previous thing and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to stop this. And so, I mean, it was almost like hair on fire running around, 
but full of excitement and it's like your calling, right? It's like you just, you know, that's what you're meant to do. And that's what uh, you wake up every single day and you're fired up. And uh, I always tell people as I was going, my income was going like this, my job satisfaction was going like that. And I'm like, yeah. look, at that time I was, I guess, 36 years old, somewhere around there. And, and I just like, I can't, I'm not going to live life like this, you know? And great, you make good money, who cares? And because um, if you're not happy at the end of the day, then it doesn't matter. And so, um, so yeah, so, but the first 12 months were just crazy. You know, things I thought would happen didn't happen. Things I didn't think would happen did happen. Really? Like, what are some of those things? I, 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 your world's foreign to me, but I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, just, you know, like things you thought would happen, like certain, um, uh, you know, an advisor maybe you would recruit or, uh, uh, you know, I didn't see us opening an office in Florida, you know, so quickly and, and other things. So just, just lots of stuff, just lots of stuff happening and going on. And, um, you know, when you lay in bed at night with your eyes open and you can't sleep right before you make that change, I'm sure you felt that same thing. It's like, all right, I know this is the right thing, but what the heck is going on? What am I, mean, I thinking? I, I don't know you like, I'm curious when, when, you, when you decide to kind of take it into your own hands, Brett, I, I don't know if there are any nights I don't lay there and think that. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> right. you. Like, do you have, because I mean, I'm thinking about it all the time. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it yeah. kind of in a good way because that means uh, I'm excited about it. I'm having to take notes. I'm really thinking about like, what are some new ideas we can implement? Who could I partner with? What are some things right. I could do? And so I would say for, for, for me that one of the cool aspects of it is just that it, it is always a part of, of kind of my being. I, 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 I struggle to shut it off, but I don't know if I want to. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. Like I, my family or daughters, they see how passionate I am about it. And I think in a way, I want them to see uh, you know, one of the leaders of the household, my, the, the, you know, my wife, Miranda and, and, and me, I want them to see us really energized and excited and thinking about what we do as opposed to complaining or all of that. And that's right. partially why I, I've, I've done what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, it is hard to turn it off, right? I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I sit here and say, Oh yeah, at 5 PM, I turn it off and I'm, you know, no, I mean, you just, you just don't do it, but you're also engaged with your family and mm -hmm. you know, with four and five kids, it's hard not to be engaged. Right. Cause there's always something going on, but, but you're right. And, and uh, but I mean, I think it's, it's how you choose to uh, follow your dreams. And a lot of people will uh, sit there and have regret one day. And I, I've always said regret weighs uh, tons, right? Discipline weighs ounces. And if I can have the discipline to get up every day and go fight the good fight and do the things that we want to do to be successful and follow my dreams and, uh, and help so many people along the way, I mean, that, I think that's the cool thing about the, the career choice that I'm in and you're in, right? That mm -hmm. we're doing different things. I mean, but both through a podcast, but you know, we get to help people achieve their financial goals and dreams every single day of their, of their lives. And uh, you're on stage helping people achieve their goals and their dreams every single day of their lives. And it's just, it's really, really, really cool. So yeah. um, for, let's talk about how we, it, it's a, and I focus on this word choice, right? How yeah. we choose to use or how we choose to get through adversity, right? We're all at home right now, all over the world. But, you know, here in the United States, we're basically on lockdown. Um, that's a lot of adversity, right? A part of your business has been shut down. You, you get paid to go speak places. Well, you can't do that right now. Uh -huh. So how are you adapting? How do we challenge uh, the, the new normal? And how do we adapt to this uh, adversity? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I, I learned from a guy named Will Gadara, um, 
that ad- adversity is a terrible thing to waste. And so I try to reframe the way I think about the challenging moments. I've had a number of challenging moments, uh, athletic wise growing up, um, that I draw from. I mean, when I, when I came out of high school, uh, Brett, I went to Miami university as mentioned. And the reason I didn't finish there was because I happened to be the same age and oh, play right. the same position as Ben Roethlisberger. And so Ben and I battled it out for two years and until I eventually had the late great Terry Hepner had to look us both in the eye and, and point to the other guy saying, he's better than you. He's going to be the guy. That's a tough thing to hear, uh, especially when your entire life is, and identity is built upon being the starting quarterback, which I'd been on every right. single team since I was in second grade, including all four years uh, playing varsity football in high school. And so that, that, that then devastates you and you have to learn how am I going to choose, as you said, to respond? Do I sit in the corner, cry and feel sorry for myself? Or do I make something happen? Do I do something about it? Once the competition was over in that case, when the coach Hepner and Ben, to his credit, made it over, then I had to choose how I was going to respond. Do I just take being a backup? No, I I had to choose to leave my friends and and, and the place that I loved more than anything. I love Miami University. I still tell people to go to that school. And I went to Ohio University, a big rival, and and, and had to sit out for a year and just practice and work out, play scout team, and then start for two years and and be named captain, which then afforded me the opportunity to play after I got done um, in college. And I'd say the same thing now. And one of the things I've been trying to do is to really love on and over communicate with my current base of clients that I work with. Um, if the newer gigs that I had, let's say for, for in-person on stage keynote speaking are not going to happen, which they're not for at least a few months and maybe yeah. more, what can I do about that? Um, one, I'm going to be very, I'm going to try to be as pleasant and as easy to work with as possible for those people when they uh, inevitably reschedule. I'm not going to demand payment right now or do things like that right. to make me an unpleasant person to work with, right? That's one thing. My current client base, we're going to over communicate. I, I mentioned before, I do, do these things called leadership circles, paid mastermind groups. We're having more of those, more one-on-one calls uh, up the level of these types of calls, doing them on Zoom because people are scared. People, yeah. people want to know how to respond in this time of crisis. Um, and so be there, be there for them. Uh, I, so I, so in my case, it's doing more in different ways and not, not just worrying to, I, I go on walks every day with my wife and we talk about this, like how is this going to impact the business? The fact that I had six figures worth of keynote speeches gone, gone. Now yep. I hope they come back, but there's no, there's no guarantee that they will right. because maybe these, these, these events are canceled and never, never rescheduled. And, and so it's like, well, I can cry about it and, and be sad. But I don't, I'm not really certain what does that do for me, right? I mean, I think it's okay yeah. to grieve a little bit, but then it's like, okay, we have to figure out what we're going to do here. And so that's why my, my choice is to respond with love on the current clients, be easy to work with, um, and, str- and strive to be helpful and add value to people's lives and do it in different ways and, and uh, in a lot of cases remotely like this. And that's, that's you know, through this first early stages of this, has, 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 has helped me out. And I think has helped the, the people I work with out. So uh, I'm just going to continue to do that. And then thinking of creative ways to, to make this happen. You mentioned you're doing a live show with, with on, on opening day. I've, I've done, I did a live show with general Stanley McChrystal doing another one with the great Pat Lencioni doing another one oh, with yeah. John Maxwell. Where we're going to do these live podcasts on zoom 
with hundreds of people watching and listening yeah. and giving them the, the kind of hardcore fans and listeners the opportunity to speak directly with that person who is my guest uh, at the end of those calls. So, you know, just coming up with, I've never done that before, but we right. did our first one. Now we're going to do our second. We're going to do our third. I'm, I'm just going to keep, keep thinking of ideas of ways to do things differently to, to, to still yet add value to the lives of people that I'm serving. And yep. uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I love it. And I think too, that, that whole uh, paralysis by analysis type thing is so real for a lot of people. And, and I'm, I'm a guy though. that's like, I get the idea. That's the hints, the action part of the circuits of success, take action and then figure it out. Right. It's a, it's a calculated decision. So I'm not saying I'll just make some crazy decision and, and don't even know if it can work. I've thought it out. I know it can work. Now I'll take action because if I sit there and analyze it, I'll eventually get less probably excited or I'll get more nervous or something. I won't do it. Right. So like this Cardinal thing, the St. Louis Cardinals on Thursday, we're going live. Um, I guess it'll already be done when this is air, when this airs, but uh, so wish me luck. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never done a Facebook live with hundreds of people and I have no idea even how to do it. And here it is. It's Monday on you know the 30th and this is coming up in four days. Right. Love it. But that's we'll awesome. It though. I mean, think, think, think about that though. Like I'm guessing when you started your podcast, you didn't fully know how to do everything. Had no right? idea. I, yeah. I had no idea. I, I had a, uh, you know, a good glass of red wine on a Tuesday <laughs> night. And I thought, I listen to podcasts all the time. And I hear some of these and I'm like, I, I think I could do this. Yeah. So I started text messaging some of my buddies, the, the either, you know, former athletes or authors or whoever they may be. I'm like, hey, would you guys come on a podcast if I started? And they're like, yeah, I got some time next Thursday. I'm like, well, let's wait a month. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then you, you know, you take a bunch of online classes at night when you should be sleeping, but you do that instead and you learn the game and, and you make it happen. And now, you know, I thought it'd be like my parents and maybe one other person listened to the show and, and that's it. But now we have, you know, tons of listeners and followers. And so it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. See, I mean, that's, that's part of it is some, I remember speaking with my buddy, James Clear, who wrote a great book called Atomic Habits and James lives great, up the street yeah. in Columbus. I'm in Dayton. So we're about an hour and 10 minutes apart. And, uh, and, and I've been counseled by him uh, a number of times where he said, part of the deal is, is the ones that he's found of people who have sustained excellence, they start before they're ready. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's easier said than done. And so I give you credit, um, both for, you know, taking off and starting your own business and then starting a podcast as well when you, when you weren't ready. Um, right. But then you, you know, you iterate and you figure it out and you get better and better. And now you, you know what you're doing. And right. I think, well, maybe. If you well, if you would have sat there and just analyzed it and, right. and just read books, there's something, there's something different about actually doing it, actually becoming a practitioner of the art that you're talking about. It's different than just talking yeah. about it or reading about it and you're doing it. And I think that's, uh, you should get, get some big, big props for doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And so what would you tell the listener right now that's, that is at home and, and they're kind of bummed out. They have a six figure speaking deal gone, or maybe they're not working because they're in a restaurant and you know, all their tips are gone. I mean, whatever, right? There's, there's so many great different types of people that listen to this podcast. What would you tell that person? Like, what's your process to slow down and create and think about ideas? What's that look like? Well, you, you, the, a big part of it is what you just said is like, do you have a process to sit back, reflect, right. analyze, and think? When I think about one of the commonalities of leaders who sustain excellence that I've spoken to on my show is that they're all very thoughtful people. They don't just wander around haphazardly through life. They're thinking about what they're going to do. And then when they make that decision after being very thoughtful, they are intentional with their actions and their behaviors. Mm. 
So I've thought about that I wanted to start a podcast and I've analyzed that now I'm going to, I'm going to act with great intention to do it and do it well. So if I worked in a restaurant, I work with one of my best friends owns three restaurants right now. So we've actually talked about this, this very thing, a few of the, the ideas and things that are being implemented within a week now that we've gone through this for a few weeks. So if he's got a good carryout business, but it's, it's okay at one, it's okay right. at one, it's great at one, and it's just eh, bad at one. But, but w- one of the things is, is this thing like meal prep, right? People are working out at home and I'd say, you have grilled chicken, you have good vegetables, you have access to salads. Let, why not create a little meal prep business hmm. to go along with your normal carryout business? And this is something he's implementing and to his credit is able to do. And so it's like, let's, let's get creative in the midst of what's happening. And maybe right. the meal prep business becomes this great thing out right. of this, this huge crisis he's dealing with. Um, I, so I think what, regardless of your role or your position, it's thinking of what are, what, are, what are things I have access to? What are unique ways I could re-engineer my job or remake my job in order to make an income? And there's not always easy answers. Um, I, I understand that. But I think just the fact that you're thoughtful and intentional about it gives you a leg up on somebody who's just going to complain. Right. Right? Nobody really wants to help complainers. We want to help people who have a zest for life, who bring some energy to it, who they fully understand the issues, right? We're not acting right. like they don't exist because the issues absolutely exist. But we, but we want to work with people who are energetic towards making something happen, towards creating, towards, towards thinking of ideas and then implementing them. Um, and, then, and, and maybe then with the help of other people, you can come up with ideas and, and do something yeah. new that you haven't ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's key. I and mean, we're both are saying it, but like, so for gosh, probably since August of 05. So we're going on 15 years now. I've spent anywhere from an hour and a half to, to a half day to a full day um, every week um, just talking about or just thinking, right? So I've got my black journals and it's, it's strategically writing those things down. And, and my best ideas come from that. I mean, you Which, think about do you have it. a process or is it just freehand, just get the a blank page and write? Um, yeah, kind of both. So Siri here on my phone is my friend because if I'm driving and I'm thinking about something, I'll say, hey, remind me at one o'clock on Thursday to think about ABC. Oh. Right? So then I have a, basically a list on my phone of things I want to think about. And so then when I have my list and if I'm not in a thoughtful mode or not feeling it right in that time when it's on my calendar, Mm -hmm. I can go back to my list and then, oh, I'll just pick that, my whatever my favorite one was at that time. And then I'll journal and think about that, right? Um, You know, my question this week has been, uh, you know, we do a lot of walking as well. And it's, for me, it's it's great to think. and, And so I go on a lot of these walks sometimes by myself and just try to feel inspired, literally stop and, and take pictures of the flowers. And I know that sounds cheesy and all that stuff, but it is like stop and smell the roses, right? It's like all this craziness is going on. But if you think about it, if I would have told you a year ago, Ryan, or, or, or if I would have told you six months ago, three months ago, Ryan, I'm going to give you two to four weeks at home. Every one of your kids' events is going to be canceled. You're going to work from home. You will not travel. What would you do in that two-week period? Yeah. It's a great way to great way to frame it. Yeah, because I mean, right with five kids and four kids, I don't know your ages, yeah. your kids, but I, yeah. I go to work, I come home, maybe I get to throw down a sandwich in about you know thirty seconds, and then I'm off to you know games all night long. I come home and then it's bedtime, right? and you get up and you do it again. And so this season of life right now that we're in is crazy because here I am at home for weeks 
with nothing to do, literally nothing to do. So it's my time, right? This is my opportunity to make something great happen out of this time. Yeah. How do you manage this with clients who are scared and the markets are crazy? Like how does that, how does that come into play? Yeah. Over communicate. Yep. Yeah. Our goal is let us, let us call you before you call us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is, I mean, we have lots of clients that are worried, but you, you, you just got to talk, right. You got to, I mean, in the, in the basic response here is that this is, you don't do anything like you don't have anything you invest. Like you're not selling off now. I, I know I'm, I don't know your industry well, but sure. I know I talk my, my financial advisor did do that. He called me, I remember. And I, and he's like, I know you already know this, but you know, we're obviously going to, you ride these things out obviously. Uh, but, but some people will get emotional. Maybe they don't want to do that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I jokingly say we're uh, let's just put my compliance hat on here, but we're you know we're we're psychology right now, man. People just yeah. want to talk and they want to they want to hear, but and I think forget the market even for a little bit is how is your family right? Yeah. How's your health? How's your business doing right? Thinking about yeah. those things and and I think it's really really important right now that as business owners we have to slow down so we can speed up and that that journaling time, what I call my strategic think time, is so critically important right now. You've got the time. There's no excuse, right? Go down in your basement. Now the weather's getting nicer here. Go outside, right? Just stare out into the distance and think because right now is a huge opportunity that something can be born. Uh, I said yesterday, or I think it was a couple days ago on a podcast, um, I saw a stat that in 2008 to 2010, through the financial crisis, companies like Square, Venmo, Airbnb, Uber, like all these companies were started in that crisis, right? So what's going to be this crisis? What's going to start now that we have no idea about until maybe year, five years, 10 years from now, right? Yeah, it's a great point. My my literary agent uh, sent me an email. It's like, I know you got to be working on something. I know you're working on something. What's That's the right. next book? Let's get the next book. Right. Get it get it going. Get it going. And, and he's right. He's like, it was a nice little push. And it was, a, but it's a great point that yeah. You use this to your advantage as best you can. Um, and I think that's a, a really good idea. Yep. I like the way you frame it too. I think that's helpful. Uh, to, if you said like, if you were going to, if, if I was going to tell you, this is what you're going to get forced time to slow down. Um, you would say, wow, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, well, that's never going to happen, but, yeah, <laughs> right, right. but now it's happening. Right. So what the heck are you going to get you collectively all of us? What are you going to do? Yeah. Right. So I would challenge our listeners when you're listening to this, Schedule some time, like right now you're listening to this, grab your calendar, schedule a time sometime this week, and you block out an hour and a half to two hours with you, a blank sheet of paper, no technology, and an ink pen in your brain, and then just start thinking, right? What could you do, right? What would you do? Um, so that's my, that's my plug for the day, Ryan. Um, talk to us about, you know, if you could look back uh, on your life over the next 10 years, and we've been doing that today, but what would you tell yourself? What would you tell the Ryan Hawk that's 10 years younger? Oh, let's see. Um, I, uh, I would say focus more on, um, developing relationships, uh, read more books, um, and be less, uh, less into yourself probably. Um, I think it took me some time to mature and grow up, uh, to be less self-centered, um, and more about building relationships. Uh, I was, let's yeah. see, 10 years ago, I would have been in a, a, an individual sales con- or no, I would have just gotten promoted. Um, and I didn't fully grasp the power that, um, I mean, coming out of college, you know, my, my, as a quarterback, the weird thing about playing quarterback is in order for me to win, meaning win the position, other people have to lose. Hmm. 
But the, pro- the, the, the problem with that mentality in the real world, that's not how it works. In the real world, if I help you win, the odds of me winning increase. That's right. As a quarterback, if I help the other quarterback become the starter, that means I lose. I don't get to Good play. Point. And so I grew up in that environment of always having to beat out multiple other people to be just the starting quarterback. And I've won that job a lot and I've lost that job. And so when you get to the real world, that is not true. That's That's not reality. And if you live that way, it can be destructive and bad. And that's how I was initially coming out of college and coming out of playing pro football because I had to battle out to be the starting quarterback in the arena league as well. And, uh, and so when you get into the world of selling and they have stack rankings and daily metrics and, and you just want to kill it, like crush everybody else, but that's not really helpful. Uh, once you, you know, you want to build a successful team, you, you're not going to have a successful team if everyone just wants to kill each other. Right. Um, you could have some short term excellence because of the competition, but long term, it's not sustainable. It's not going to work. Um, I read a book called Give and Take by Adam Grant that had a profound effect on me at that time in my life because I thought in order for me to win, everybody else had to lose. And that's just not true. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've learned since then that when I help other people win, like I am much more successful. Um, and so I'm in speakers groups now where we help each other out. Like it's not competitive. It's like we're genuinely trying to help each other out. And I think that is a much more enjoyable way to go about right. life than thinking I just have to win and beat everybody else. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. And I never thought of it that way. The quarterback compared to the business world, right? What Zig Ziglar say, the more, the more people he helps, the more that he was going to be helped. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's hundred percent. It is right. It's it is a hundred percent true. So, yeah. um, Talked about fears. I mean, so you had fear, obviously, when you leave a, a nice job and you go start this thing and, and just fears in life, whatever it may be. How many of the fears you put in your mind actually blew up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Uh, I don't know if any of them do. Right. And that's um, the point of the question, right? We put these yeah. things in our mind and Ryan Hawk says, God, this is going to happen. And Yeah. Well, what, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is I'd say with keynote speaking, you know, I've... I've, I've, I've always been someone who likes being by himself and likes to work on his own and, and still can have found ways to work within a team, but I get energy from being by myself, um, as, as a lot of introverted people would be. Um, so getting the thought of getting up on stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people seems like something I would never want to do. But I, I had the good fortune of growing up, seeing my dad, lead a thousand person Salesforce and stand up in front of them and, and, and speak and see the impact he had on those people's lives with his words and his wow. mannerisms and his actions. And I thought, man, I would, I would love the opportunity to be able to impact people in that way. But in order to do that, I'm gonna have to overcome a massive fear of getting up on that stage <laughs> right. and having something compelling to say and doing it in a way that's interesting and thoughtful and impactful. And um, I think that's partially why I love doing it so much is because I still get nervous. I still get scared. I, I, I just care deeply about impacting those people. And also the feeling of seeing the head nods and the eyes and the smiles and the occasional laughter. And then afterwards, people coming up to you and talking about the impact you've had on their yeah. life. And it could, could potentially change their life forever. That is the fuel for me to keep leaning into that fear and do it and get better and better and better. And just like anything else, the more you do it and, and you, you know, review the film and have coaching, the more you do it and get that repetition and that, 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 that practice with uh, others uh, helping me, 
uh, that makes me better. And then it gives me a chance to impact even more people. And that's more fuel. And then there's the flywheel just yeah. keeps spinning. So I would say uh, for me, I was, I was and still am nervous and scared every time before I go up. But now, you know, what's funny, Brett, it feels similar to when I went out and played at the big house, University of Michigan as a sophomore mm. at Miami, where I was nervous and scared. Yet then, you know, you get on the field, and you're like, this is football, like they're big right. and strong fast, but I know how to do this. And then, you know, you do it again and again and again. And the following week, you go to Iowa and then you can go to UK and you, you know, you can just yeah. realize like I can, I can do this. And so that's why repetition and experience and preparation, they're, they're, they're everything with these, these scary moments. And so what are, talk to us about some habits. What are the, the Ryan Hawk habits, rituals? If, if I were to, you know, follow you or being a fly in your wall in there, what's something that I would see that every single day, almost without fail, I'm seeing Ryan Hawk do. Uh, I'm a very ritualized person. I think um, that's just part of who I am. I try to be very consistent. And in order to be consistent, I do think you need good habits. Um, so again, we, we mentioned our, our busy households. Um, in order to have time to myself, I need to make that time. And that for me is very early in the morning. Um, I So I wake up uh, early about a quarter till five every day in order to stretch, uh, read, write, um, and then work out. Uh, I think yeah. movement and, and, and physical exertion and getting a good sweat, um, um, building up the, I think, I think f pushing yourself physically builds mental strength. And I learned that early in my life playing sports and with great coaching. And so I, I, I do that every single day. And that's just a part of what I do. And um, I don't, do I get enough uh, off days? I don't know. I, I just right. know that I, I, if I don't, physically exert and push myself past the limit on a daily basis, um, I don't feel very good. And so that, that's, that's a signal for me that that's, that's kind of needed within my makeup to do that. And that gets the day started right after. And then I go have breakfast with my family and we used to either drive kids to school or put them on the bus or both. Um, and so that's a big, big, big part of it. And then for me though, I have to be diligent about blocking time on my calendar for specific tasks. So when I was writing my book, there was daily time that must be blocked on the calendar every day or it wouldn't happen. And in addition to that, I hired a coach who played the role of editor and accountability partner. We had a shared calendar where I had to write in my word count on a daily basis. Uh. And to him in 500 words, which we, which we set up early. And that the thought of having to write in a number less than 500 or even write in, dare I say it, zero, was something that I just couldn't live with myself. And at the beginning of that, it actually, it happened. And I just hated that feeling. And then I started wanting to putting streaks together of never missing the, the day or the number, which I was able to do for the last three months wow. of that process. And I think I, so I think uh, nobody's immune to that. Like we all need somebody to help us help hold us accountable and help us stay accountable to ourselves. But uh, building habits and routines and rituals and starting the day properly are a really big deal for me. And, and that's been extremely helpful as I've tried to do anything of significance. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the dailiness of, uh, of the workouts, the reading, you know, I'm a big, big proponent. People listen to this probably get tired of hearing me say it, but you know, 10 pages a day, right? If you can read 10 pages a day, you're going to read on average around 2,500 books a year, right? 25 books a year. You do that for five years, right? You got 125 books, right? If, if Ryan reads 125 books and Brett reads two books, who has a better chance of winning uh, in life? Mm -hmm. 
probably you, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. it's, I, just, I don't know, for me, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, like a dying man needs water. I'm like, if I don't get my reading in on a day, it's like, you, I can feel it. And I, well, I, I mean, when you, and when you break it down like that, it's not so bad. No. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, you can't, you can't squeeze out 10 pages. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. You know? Well, you're you know right. I mean? Because if I would have stacked 125 books on your desk and said, here you go, Ryan, you got, you got, you got to read these. You'd be like, yeah, that's never happening. Yeah. Right? But it's, 10 a day, you yeah. knock that thing out in five of years, course. man. Of course. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So if I steal your phone from you and I, uh, besides the email, cause we got to have that for business. If I steal your cell phone and I'm going to delete one thing, one app, what are you going to freak out if I, uh, if I delete from you? Well, my podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love, not only do I love recording and making yeah. my podcast, I, I, I'm a huge podcast listener. And yep. so like you, I, I, I learn so much from the wisdom of others and I love hearing great interviewers as well, yep. since that's what I do for a living. So yeah, I, I, that would be, that would crush me. It would, yeah. it would, I don't know what I would do, honestly, if I didn't have podcasts to listen to. It is amazing, all the good content out there, isn't it? It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, we're so, we're so right. lucky. What's that? We're so lucky. We are know? lucky, man. We are very lucky. Even when we're stuck in our houses, we're very, very lucky. Yeah, There's going to be a great opportunity from it here. So uh, when you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind for Ryan? Uh, I, when I hear attitude, we have, yeah. a, we have a, a, a choice every day. Uh, we can, we get to choose our effort and we get to choose our attitude. And so this is something we we talk with our girls about. I, I think of the word choice. I get to choose that every single yeah. day when I wake up of, if I'm, I'm am I going to be the type of person that is uplifting, is positive, brings energy to the room. That's what I think of. And, I, and I'm lucky to be surrounded by the, 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 the most positive attitude of anybody I've ever met is my wife, Miranda, and in a close second place is my dad. And so I'm very attracted to people with great attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crucial. And it's, uh, I think if you listen to any of my talks, uh, you would hear, we literally just say the exact same thing. It's a choice. I would mm-hmm. say you, you can choose to be a victor. You can choose to be a victim, mm-hmm. uh, but it's your choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when the alarm goes off, uh, if you're like me, I have to get up to an alarm and, uh, when it goes off, I have a choice every day, right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's my choice. And so, but at the same time, I wouldn't change it. If, it's, no. if I get to do that, that's pretty, pretty stinking awesome, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Um, where do our listeners find more of Ryan Hawk? Where can we find you? And Learning leader. That, actually, I want to talk yeah. about your, your book. Okay. Your book, for those people that are uh, looking at this. Oh, yeah. You got this on. You, yeah, for those. So, Welcome to Management by Ryan Hawk. I'm assuming you can get that just about anywhere. Uh, yeah. How long did that process take? <laughs> the the outlining and the, the the documentation of notes took about uh, about the last four and a half years. I sold the deal, the book deal. I wrote a proposal with the help of a coach. Sold the, the proposal to McGraw Hill um, two years ago, and then spent the next. Uh, which the proposal, you know, has three sample chapters in the introduction, and then a marketing okay. plan, and then and then I wrote the the full book within the next six months, uh, again, with the help of an editor and a coach. And then, uh, we turned it in when it, number of three and three, four months of back and forth with my editor, Casey Ebro at McGraw Hill. And we published it January 28th, 2020. Wow. Well, congrats, man. So that thing's new. We're, we're basically two months in and, uh, how's it feel to be an author? 
It feels great. Uh, although the <laughs> the inventory is limited on Amazon with what's currently happening right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, there's unlimited when it comes to Audible and Kindle, which I did do the uh, narration myself. And okay. I'm, I'm happy to hear uh, people seem to enjoy the, the audio version. Um, but uh, yeah, the actual physical copy, we're, we're, we're running out, uh, which is great. Uh, I just now we need to stock up. But uh, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's pretty wild how this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so we can find that anywhere. Books are sold, I'm sure. And where else can our listeners find uh, more from you? Yeah, my, my website's learningleader.com. And that's uh, where you can find everything that I do from the podcast book, speaking everything. And then if you happen to be just listening on your phones, we have a way to text uh, to get everything. And you can text the word learners with an S, learners to 44222. So learners to 44222. And you get all the stuff that I do for free as well. Oh, that's awesome. Very yeah. good. And you're on social media, like at Ryan Hawk. Ryan Hawk one, two. Yeah. Ryan Hawk one, two. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, man, thanks so much for being with me on the circuit of success. It was great having you and uh, much success and stay safe, stay healthy, my friend. Thanks, Brad. It was great. Uh, great to be a part of it. Appreciate uh, all your time, man. Absolutely. Look forward to talking to you in the future. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.